Today on a very special episode of Noobs in the Whovian, we will have an extended session of Corbin Has Feelings. <laughs> so not just not just Corbin this time. Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's totally tubular. Did, was that sure. sad at some point? I don't... Yeah, remember the... Uh, what was the guy's name? No- noodles? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> noodles? Ribbons. I wish his name was Noodles. <laughs> Ribbons of the Seven Stomachs. Uh, said uh, he kept referring to her Sonic as a tubular. Oh, such a shiny tubular! That that guy was weird. He was very weird. He might have been the highlight of the uh, of the episode. <laughs> hey, it's the noobs and the Hoobian. My name is Austin. I'm the Hoobian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip, and, and we're, we're the noobs. And this is the podcast. <laughs> what the level what? of enthusiasm? <laughs> and we're the noobs. shining through. And this is that podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and two, two sons, sons who haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get through, guys. <laughs> Welcome to episode number one sixty-seven, covering season eleven, episode nine. It takes you away. It takes you away. It takes you away. Why did she do that? Why did she I don't do know. the weird? Because that's what girl Dad said. Thing. It takes you away. Hey, this is the one where the doctor and her companions find a horrible parent who emotionally abuses her blind kid, his blind kid, their blind kid, the blind kid. Then they fight flesh-eating moths and frogs or some crap like that. <laughs> some crap like that. This is story number two eighty-five, originally airing December second, twenty eighteen, to six point four two million viewers. Whoops. Remember how I said oh, we're going to hang out around the eights? <laughs> and then I was you like, said no, maybe guys, closer to seven. We're totally going to hang out in the mid sevens. <laughs> You're like Jason. Lower sevens. But okay, below seven. Six and a half. Not even six and a half. Gets six down to two. three. All okay, right, guys. Well, this episode definitely tanked the this w- <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see next week's numbers. <laughs> four people. Three million. Not four million. Four people. Uh, this was written by Ed Heim and directed by Jamie Childs, who did The Woman Who Fell to Earth, Demons of the Punjab. And next week's The Battle of Ronskorov Kalos. Do you have be to a practice quiz later. saying that? <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> I've been practicing it for six months. Um, he also did uh, some episodes of Dark, which is an, a show that your mom and I started watching and then forgot that it existed. So riveting entertainment. Uh, oh no, actually, it wasn't that bad. I think I think uh, uh, we finished out a season and then when the next season came out, we I don't Just know, didn't we see. never watched it again. No. And his Dark Materials, which we keep referencing i feel like this is the third time this season we've referenced either a writer or director or or somebody who starred in his dark materials Mm -hmm. so now i'm thinking i need to go check that show out (laughs) no clue if it's family friendly or not so or that's not a recommendation you know or good yeah i've I've heard good things but i've heard nothing i don't know yeah i've literally yeah me either don't think uh i've I've just heard like ah, that's pretty good I, but, but I know nothing nothing about the plot, nothing. I think it's based off of a novel or a series of novels, maybe. Uh, the cast was uh, played by Ellie Walwork. She is the first blind actor in Doctor Who. And um, this was one of those weird ones. Sometimes pieces of trivia get sprinkled throughout the Wikia article, and you'll get it, like, multiple times. So there was one spot where it referenced Ellie as the first blind actor to play play a blind character in Doctor Who, which, when they're that specific, makes you wonder, what are they trying to distinguish it from? Mm-hmm. Is a blind this... actor who's played a seeing character? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm... <laughs> Yeah. Later on, it said, she's the first blind actor in Doctor Who. And I was like, oh, okay. So that answered uh, Tripp's question midway through the episode. He's like, oh, yeah. is she blind or is she acting blind? Because if you act blind, 
How do you do that? Like, if that's got to be tricky. If she was acting blind, that was the best acting yeah, she, was she right did guy. all episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> she also played in Call the Midwife, which I believe Graham referenced in the Saranga Conundrum. Remember he, how he was talking about he, he looks away at the squeamish bits? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was Call the Midwife. <laughs> and um, so that's kind of – I always love it when they reference a, a show or a movie or a thing – and then either a character from that universe or an actor who has played in that universe shows up in this it universe. It would be funny if the so person wait, referencing the show was in the show. Oh, that'd be even funnier. Yeah. Like if all of a sudden the, the doctor said something about Broadchurch yeah. or something. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be really great. Uh, Grace, we, I, just, I realized as I was researching this episode, we never talked about Grace in the cast section because we were covering... Jodie Whittaker in the first episode and then she was gone and she's been around. She's been in a couple of episodes, but this one, you know, she, she played a heavy, uh, heavier part in this one. So, uh, Grace is played by Sharon D. Clark. She was on East Enders because of, of course, right. But she was in the East Enders in 1986 and then again in 2011. Like not playing, playing from then characters. to then. No, no, no. Two, like completely. Yeah. Completely one, no, no, no. unrelated. One episode in 1986 and, and then one, one episode in 2011, two different characters. It wasn't even like the same character showed back up. It was just, you know. That's kind of random. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Kind of interesting. Well, like they said, you know, there, there is, there are approximately 12 actors in all of the UK yeah. that the BBC has. A has from, so. East Enders run out of actors to hire though? Like? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, sometime in the early 2000s, they ran out and they had to start going back through them again. So in 2011, <laughs> they got back to the 1986 roster is what it was. That, that's what happened for all nice. the, all the guest stars and one-offs and, uh, uh, Extras. That's the one that's like, what's the ones in the background? Um, she also plays a counselor in the Elton John biopic Rocket Man. I thought that was fun. So I don't, it, it was, she, she was credited as counselor with a capital C, like mm. the doctor. <laughs> she's the counselor. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a small part. Uh, she doesn't have a name. She's just called the counselor or count. I don't even think it was the, it was just counselor with a capital C. And most importantly, she's a voice in world of Warcraft, ha! a game. None of us have ever played, but you know, yeah, but still she's still she's, pretty cool. She's in it. Yeah. Cool. Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by cheese and pickle sardies. Cause when you step out of the TARDIS, you never know when your next meal is coming. What is a sardine? Sardine. It was a cheese and pickle so sardine sandwich. Disgusting. That sounds awful. Why would you and, put and pickles by the way, on a sandwich? I swear to goodness, he said cheese and pickle, but the Wikia twice said butter and pickle. Oh, oh. So the Wikia said it was a butter and pickle. It was a butter and pickle and sardine sandwich. I swear he said cheese and pickle sardi. <clears throat> but butter and I love. I I meant I hinted at this that this was coming. Where Graham was like, I said, have y'all noticed how like Graham is always worried about like, like in Rosa Parks yeah, or in Rosa? That was like the one time he talked about it. <clears throat> and you're uh, like, no, it happened no. all the time. No, I didn't say it happens all the time. I just said they're, they're, they're dropping little seeds for something that's going to come up. In, Breadcrumbs. <laughs> it's going to sprout sardine sandwiches. Uh, but he said something in, in Rosa because they, they had to leave the cafe and he's like, we're going to another cafe, right? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> definitely like, you know, I'm getting hungry over here. And then there was another reference. I don't remember specifically what it was. It is so nasty, though. What? First of all, butter, pickle, sardine sandwich sounds awful. But mm. is he keeping a fish sandwich 
in his coat pocket. Specifically a sardine it's sandwich. Just like Not in a like wrap. A fridge or something? I mean if he kept s- it on the TARDIS. Sardines are like it'd be like if Come you had a can. tuna fish sandwich yeah. in your pocket. Like you wouldn't want to have that beyond that day. Yeah. But like as he long as you're gonna packs, eat it sometime today. Yeah. He said he packs one every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime they leave the TARDIS, he's got a sandwich in his pocket. I love that. That's such a grand thing. I, I, I kind of wish that prior to this reference here that we had just at one point like seen him come seen around him the corner popping the last bit of, of a sandwich in his mouth yeah. or something. <clears throat> like just just not even just once. Like every now and then you just He's see just him like, like finishing off something. a sandwich. That would be so man. That would be so great. Like uh, Kerb Lamb especially. You know, it's just him and, and what's his jerk? Uh, what? <laughs> uh, the, the, the terrorist guy. I think his name was Charlie. His we were trying to remember his name. Jerk. It should be. Because he sucks. Uh, so the checklist, uh, the name of the episode spoken in the, dia- in, in the dialogue. In the dialogue. <clears throat> Not just any dialogue. The dialogue. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually several times. And I think it was just those three times that she said it, that uh, Hannah said it when she was like freaking out. Yeah, probably. Why does she do the like creepy girl thing? That was weird. I, yeah, that was. What do you mean weird. the the creepy girl? She was she, a scared. She talked girl. like it. It takes you away. It takes it. She did like the soft. The voice. things that you choose to let bother you boggle my mind sometimes. I, I hate this episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Sonic or the Tubular, such a shiny tubular. Uh, the Doctor mentions she loves her Sonic. I just I thought that was great. She was like, I love my Sonic. Have I mentioned that? I love my Sonic. A little bit. Of, I made it myself. A little bit of face scrunch. Oh yeah, that's right. I made it myself. Do you like it? I made it myself. See this bit here? That was a spoon handle. Uh, Jibberty Jabberty. Uh, she said it's a juddering dimensional portal and a mirror in a Norwegian bedroom. She actually said jittering. She said it really weirdly. She was yeah. like jittering. I did think that was that was just a great... That was one where we had to like back that up. Not only so I could write it down, but just because that was amazing. What did she say? Um, other stuff we noticed. Um, I loved early on the doctor said, it's fine. It's only 2018. I thought we'd landed in the middle of the Wooly Rebellion. <laughs> We're like, excuse me? You want to run that by me again? He says, or she says, in 193 years, there's a total renegotiation of the human-sheep relationship. Utter bloodbath. <laughs> I love, first of all, the concept here that Ed Himes just drops into the script. Yeah. Oh, there's a rebellion of the sheep at the some sheep. point. There's an interspecies war. But also, I love the way the doctor phrases it. A total renegotiation of the human-sheep relationship. Like, <laughs> There's so Do we many... have to give our wool to them now or something? What is happening right now? <laughs> There's such so many layers of lore there. Like, what is going to happen in the next 193 years? That's that's amazing. Um, let's see. Uh, the Graham told um, Ribbons, "I'm not the one who smells of my own wee." <laughs> to which Ribbon says, "That's not my wee." <laughs> it's something about the way he said that. That's not my. <laughs> We. <laughs> 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 I mean, given the alternatives, does that mean it has to be the moth pee, right? It's got to be uh, moth pee. Or the, like, what did she say? Six-legged rats or whatever? Oh, that's right. There were some rats in there. Yeah, the six-legged rats. The so rat. it could be six-legged rat pee. Bah! <laughs> that's not better. That's not better. Hey, uh, the solar tract plane. This kind of got its own little, um, its own little section within the other stuff we noticed mm-hmm. this is specifically to make corbin happy that's why i put mm-hmm. so many notes in i'm so him. happy i could 
it, it was a consciousness, tired. an energy that ruined everything basic about our universe. Real quick, do we have a can we talk about? I don't know. Oh, Gorman wanted talk to talk about, about what it means to be. No. Did you did you actually want to? I don't know. Maybe. I'm what I'm wondering is should we should we done this episode? Should is. we should <laughs> we move the solar tract plane down? Yeah. Do the who's who. All right, let's do that. Let's go ahead. Because can you can you move it down in the notes for me? Is dumb. Uh, so still in other stuff we noticed, fake outs upon fake outs. First, we're led to believe there's a monster, but no, it's the Soul Attract. <laughs> then we're led to believe the Soul Attract is evil, but no, it's actually just lonely. Well, you want to you want to help hold off on thoughts and comments on that? Uh, uh, <laughs> Who's who? Who is Ryan Sinclair? It's not hard for him to imagine Hannah's dad leaving her there. I thought that was a really interesting thing that they didn't like they didn't spell it out for us yeah they didn't point it out yeah but i mean it's like oh that's totally on point like there <clears throat> okay there easily could have been a moment where when it was just him and hana when she was like that was that really sucked when you said that i forget exactly how she phrased it yeah uh, it was probably more norwegian than that but <laughs> she said you know that that was really terrible that you th- said that my dad could leave there could have been a moment there where he said, well, you see, Hannah, uh, my dad left me. He didn't. No. And I almost enjoy that more, that they mm-hmm. didn't just spell didn't it out for us. Because we know. We know Ryan's backstory. We, we get it. So I thought that was um, uncharacteristically trusting of the audience. Normally they yeah. like to either mystery boxes or put it in front spell of it all out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even the mystery box eventually gets spelled out very clearly. In the yeah. Wasn't he a little right, though? Because... Her dad, he did absolutely did. Absolutely, yeah, he, he was her. right, but yeah. sort of. He he was thinking that that he Eric did. like up and fled. Yeah, um, which that would be which awful. Mm, thing not really. Um, what I mean, it's not much better than what he actually did do. He didn't just up and flee. He up and uh, fled through a transdimensional, <laughs> transdimensional. I'm gonna go hang with your dead mom. Why did he think that uh, yeah. was a good idea? <laughs> What I didn't understand is why uh, he never went back and got her and yeah. said, let's all live here now. That's that's the thing. Which is what he tried to do her. once she figured out about it. He's like, once she showed up, yeah. he's like, he was like we yeah. can all live here now. Oh, it's fine yeah. now. Instead, he decided to terrorize her with a fake monster that presumably took him away and murdered him. Fun. <laughs> like, why did right, he yeah. do that? Yeah. So yeah. Every every bit of that was was absolutely terrible. Um, I, let me wrap up Ryan real quick and just say he finally called Graham granddad. That oh, was fun. Yeah. Uh, episode nine, we we got that resolved. Um, but let me let me take a step back into other stuff we noticed. We talked a little bit at the end of watching this episode about how everything once they went through the mirror, everything was backwards, and the Wakia phrased this in such a way that I feel like they were trying to give more credit to the costume and, and set design team than they deserved. Because the way it was phrased in the Wikia, it was like eagle-eyed fans may have noticed, and it listed off a couple things, uh, that, you know, like uh, Eric's Slayer t-shirt was backwards, mm-hmm. and the doctor's hair was parted on the wrong side, and Graham's hair was parted on the wrong side, and blah, blah, blah. But what they didn't point out was they obviously just flipped the the video. They flipped the video image because that's way easier than rebuilding the room with the mirror in it except backwards. Did it actually say printing a shirt backwards? Yes, it actually said 
eagle-eyed or sharp-eyed or something like that. It's like in the center of the screen. Like mm-hmm. the doctor's hair was subtle. Graham's hair yeah. was subtle. The t-shirt the was like dirt. <laughs> um, the uh, the thing hard. that I caught that that I was like, okay, they could have printed a backwards t-shirt. Hairstylist could have done Jody and and uh, uh, Graham's hair backwards. I, I don't know why I said the actor and then the character name, um, but they t- they could have done that. But I zeroed in on Graham's jacket. He had like a little button strap flap thing on the mm. top of his uh, jacket, and in the the other in the solar track plane, it was on the other side. And I'm like, yeah, they definitely just flipped the video because they're not going to like do that much detail and whatever. But <clears throat> but at any rate. Um, I did think that that was a, a neat little touch that, again, never got mentioned. Yeah. Ah, I'm sorry. I take that back. Um, Yaz mentioned it. Yaz said, hey, have they moved everything around? Did they move things around in here? Yeah. And the doctor, I think, said something about, we're, she said, we're on the other side of the mirror now. So, again, they just kind of like dropped it in her hat and kept on running. They didn't say, well, you see, when we crossed in the mirror... <laughs> The way a mirror works is that it reverses the image. Polarity of the... <coughs> reverses the polarity of oh the Oh my light? gosh. When yes said... Can you oh. just report, reverse the polarity of the Sonic? <laughs> this is the one and she was like, was yes, actually I can. What was that last noise? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, who is Graham? Um, we already mentioned he carries a, uh, a sandwich every time he leaves the TARDIS. Duh. I love his uh, line where the doctor says something about him being lured in there. And he goes, I wasn't lured. It's not like I gave my credit card details. <laughs> He's like, I'm not that kind of old man. I'm a completely different kind of old man. One that carries around a sandwich everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah. You really, really love that, don't you? I do. That's such a Graham thing. It's like when Rory's dad was carrying a, a trowel, a folding trowel oh, in yeah, his pocket was... all the time. Dad, why are you carrying a trowel in your pocket? Who why got... aren't you? Yeah, what, you know, like... what good man isn't carrying a trowel? <laughs> yeah, any man worth his salt, you know. Um, he said that he was looking for Grace his whole life. That whole scene yeah. killed me dead and then picked me back up, slapped me in the face, and killed <laughs> me dead again. It was He was looking for Grace his whole life, then he found her, and he was so happy and then she, got she died taken. like two days later uh no they were married for a couple of years then why was ryan all dodgy i thought it was recent mm. i mean a few years is recent yeah <clears throat> but i don't know <laughs> what I was going to say something. You don't know I, what? I just lost it. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. Thanks for your input. Slipped out of my mouth. I, I appreciate these moments that we have on the show together. It's, it's really great. Um, he has to choose between the love of his life or the real world. Man, doctor, way to just, you know, put the cards on the table and hmm. let us all know what's happening here. What the, what the stakes actually are here. You have to choose between the love of your life or the real world. And <clears throat> for a minute, I was like, ooh, is this going to be like a hard choice for Graham? Nope, not really. <clears throat> well, it wasn't because she was willing to leave Ryan in danger. And he's like, oh, you're not her. You're not. You're, you're, there's no way. You're not actually her. So who is Yaz? Um, her police training makes her good with kids. Although that was a, a neat little bit of backstory. That, mm-hmm. Like she knew how, I mean, like Ryan's bad with kids. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Yaz is not only good with kids. She's like, trained to be good with kids because she has to know how to deal with a kid in an emergency situation. I was like, ah, that's really like this. This is, she's the perfect person to come along as a little companion. 
You know, like uh, Trip was saying in the last episode that uh, she's she's too perfect, therefore she must die. I think is what you said in the uh, yeah. theory section. <laughs> she's not going to make it into series twelve because she's going to die unless she has another reason, which is Ryan. <coughs> unless she has what? An- another reason to stay, like which is Ryan. Ryan. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course. Yes. Yes. Obviously. Uh, so who is the doctor? Now we've seen the doctor eat grass and such to determine where they are, but have we ever seen them just straight up munching on soil? <laughs> she was eating that stuff what? like it was jelly babies, man. She was down the road. There's a there's a uh, place for the thing. Oh, and a gift shop. Soil anyone? Like she's like handing it out like candy. Uh, what? You know I have to hate this, right? Like I I can get oh she uses no, I soil don't know to that. pinpoint. Why? Where they are, but this is like she the can ninth tell time we've seen the doctor five miles from here because she ate some dirt. <laughs> it's stupid. We have seen the doctor do that kind of thing before. Never that never extreme. That Maybe she was like, I "Oh, I so. know what planet we're on because of the soil." But never like there's a the they sheep narrowed over down in that the, woods. They narrowed the down soil. the the year and like the month by doing that by eating grass. It's always and, dumb, but okay. yeah. this was particularly dumb. Okay. Corbin has decided he doesn't like the 13th Doctor. So um, I did love the line. Uh, somebody said, so you want us to follow some follow some nutter into the dark? And she says, no, I want you to follow this nutter into the dark. <laughs> Don't follow ribbons into the dark. That's crazy. Follow yeah, me follow, follow. as I follow him. Because <laughs> I'm crazy. It's crazy by, uh, it's two, two degrees of crazy there. <laughs> She had seven grandmothers, but Granny Five was her favorite, and Granny Two was, uh, or no, sorry, Granny Five said that Granny Two was a secret spy for the Zygons. I love that idea. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused by this seven grandmas thing. Okay, tell me if you're thinking what I'm thinking. At first, I thought it was regenerations, but when she said Granny Two is a secret spy for the Zygons, that kind of flew out the window. So I don't know what. I mean, going. it yeah. could still be Granny Five talking about her second regeneration. She would know it wasn't a secret spy for the Zion. Well, she's just a crazy old lady telling crazy stories to her daughter, uh, granddaughter. I don't know. Yeah, I was confused as to whether this was supposed to mean she literally had seven grandmothers. Yeah. Or if it was seven incarnations of the one grandmother. I don't know. Who knows? Could be. Hey, why not both? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Multiple incarnations. Oh, I mean, theoretically, could be multiple incarnations of multiple people. Anyways. Um, she's seen more, lived more, loved more, and lost more than anybody else there in the room. Typical. That 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 was a great um, like doctor line, you know, mm. where like when he was doing the speech to the um, to the big star that was eating up all the memories the and oh, the yeah. long song and and all that stuff. Uh, what was that? The Rings of Akatan. Yeah, that one. All right, Corbin. Mm-hmm. Oh, what he changed the heading. I did because the heading did say, "Can we talk about what it means to be?" I'd rather talk about how dumb this episode is. Okay, so do we want to talk for just a moment about Grace and Trina felt feeling like they were themselves? Do you think that they genuinely did? Well, at know. the end, Here, no. Here's my but question. at the beginning, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Towards the end, they 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 fell, fell apart. apart. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were in on the deception at that point. But just, do you think at the beginning they legitimately thought they were who they appeared yeah. to be? Yeah, like the people kept saying it can't be them. It's impossible that it is them. And like, right. Like even they what understood that it. That? Even they understood that it couldn't be them. Yeah. Like even like, they were like, "Yeah, I can't be, but what, I am." What are you saying, Cormac? I don't know. It's like, are you just hung up on like the nature of identity and? 
what not really i think are. like oh if they have all the same memories that's what i mean then it's base it is the same person it is the same it may not person be yeah. the exact same person like it their body or something but extremely sar- sarcastic <laughs> yeah my hands were moving up and down several inches but like I don't know. They were just so persistent that, like, oh, it can't actually be them. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? It's probably not, like, their physical bodies or something, but it is, it has all the same memories as them up until death. So I think it probably is them in whatever sense you're trying to use the word. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, um, we kind of talked about this i think when we did um uh heaven sent you know like was that the doctor like he got transported Mm -hmm. you know a billions and trillions of times was that actually the doctor anymore or all this kind of stuff i saw a very interesting um youtube video the other day that was um it was the the title was a little misleading it was fan theories that turned out to be true and i think it was like 10 10 fan theories that turned out to be true. And probably two of them, I would say, legitimately fit that. Like, a lot of fans, as soon as they met uh, River, thought she was related to Amy somehow, right? And then that, you know, turned out to be true. But then, like, the remaining eight, or or the vast majority of them, they were fan theories that were, several of them, Promoted by Stephen Moffat or Chris Chibnall or Russell T. Like Davies. Just coming out and saying, like, this is gonna. No, like, like, fan. Th- so essentially, like, I can't remember um, um, any specific ones. The only one I can remember is a spoiler. So I can't share that one. But there was a few where, like, you know, Russell T. Davies, uh, the way, here's the way they presented it. Back in 1998, before the reboot, somebody posted on a forum a fan theory that blah, blah, blah. And then we, you know, fast forward to the 10th Doctor and he did this, that, and the other thing. And it turns out that fan, you know, it's exactly what that fan theory was. The original writer of that fan theory post, Russell T. Davies. And I was like, that doesn't really count, does it? No. Like, fan theories. And But what was funny was the video should have been called Fan Theories That... The fans made Drew by joining the staff of the show. Oh, yeah. It was great. <clears throat> but um, one of them was, is that the doctor after heaven sent because of the transportation, uh, the teleportation, not transportation. He rode a bus. Is that really him? <laughs> because of the teleportation, is that still the doctor? And there was all kinds of back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. And then whoever it was, I think it was Stephen Moffat would have been the showrunner at the time. He, he, offhandedly said in an interview that the first doctor got teleported on thus and such episode. So ever since then, it's not been the real doctor, <laughs> you know, like if teleportation makes you not the real you, then yeah, it's he was not never been the, the real doctor real since yeah. 1964 or you know, whatever it was. So yeah. at any rate, so that's, that's enough about um, the, the teleporter conundrum and the nature of identity. Corbin, would you like to talk about how stupid this episode is? Yeah. Specifically the solar track plane. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will give this episode, I can appreciate at the reveal that the monster wasn't real because often the twist is, oh, such and such monster 
is actually an alien. So to Which be we like, already did this season. Yeah, we've done that. So to be like, oh, the twist is the monster isn't real. Wait, like, what did we do this season that was... Uh, oh, it, something it wasn't thought. witches, it's aliens? I yeah. Guess. yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess technically. Be, yeah, sort of. Anyway. So and then like, we already did that the alien turned out to be good with yeah. the... Um, Whatever, yes, guys. this is what I'm saying. This is kind of a recurring theme in this season. Flipping flipping um, tropes on their head and or who you thought was the bad guy isn't really the bad guy. And that's why I was saying in The Witchfinders is the line, you want people to be evil or heroic, but that's not the way people are. Is that the central thesis for this mm, entire yeah. series? Um, but then we we poked holes in that idea. So, yeah. so you were fine with the idea, that, like I said, the fake outs on fake outs. That it was sort of. It wasn't really a monster. the The monster was a lie from the father, which makes by the which, way, which makes him the monster. Yeah, he's yeah. the monster. I <clears throat> appreciate the idea, but I still think even that was poorly handled because it's like halfway through the episode, they're just like, "Oh, it was a speaker the whole time," and then we're off to like interdimensional cave systems and you know. Worlds well, they were already inside. in the caves. Oh, yeah. When we I got know. that reveal yeah. because of the back and forth. I just, it started out like, oh, it's a monster. And then suddenly we're traveling in between universes with flesh-eating moths in this weird cave thing. And then again, suddenly it's like, and now we're in a regular house yeah. in a different parallel universe. And it felt like they just kept like switching things. And it, it was kind of random. Yeah. So it's, it's like monster- Oh, it's not a monster. It's a cave system with weird things. What's going on here? Oh, oh wait, that's, that's not, not what's actually important. What's thing. actually important is on the other side of that right. cave. It's like, come on, guys. Just like, stop. Choose, like, a, choose a plot. When he called himself Ribbons of the Seven Stomachs, I thought that was going to mean that they weren't in caves. That, that it was like an animal. A giant alien's bellies or something. And then it's like, they're like, oh, this is such a difficult maze. And it's like they walk in a straight line a straight and they get line. there and like there's flesh-eating moths. But none of that matters because actually what's important is on the other side of the mirror where we have these parallel universe people and this stupid freaking solitrack. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, we no. were talking earlier and, and I told you guys that um, this would essentially be like finding out that the big bad wolf is real or the boogeyman is real because yeah. the solar tract was a bedtime story. He, it was a fairy tale told by uh, a, a time lord to her granddaughter or yeah. grandson yeah. or whatever. But Grand, it was real. Grandchild. So it was it was a consciousness, it was an energy that was ruining everything basic about our universe. That's not how it So works. somehow our unconscious universe exiled the solar tract, which is the conscious universe. Well, wasn't a conscious universe, was a it's consciousness. But once it got exiled into some sort of separate plane of existence, it became a universe. So the solar tract plane? There was and like, now it's a conscious universe that's a frog. Yeah. Before time, there was a consciousness that Is was screwing. Shut up. Who cares? <laughs> consciousness. Consciousness. Cognitive abilities. Sure, whatever. <laughs> there was screwing up how math fit together in. How do you know what? that it's That's messed? How do you math. know that math is messed up? Did she say math? She, she was specifically she, said yeah, like she physics said math. and math. It oh, wouldn't really? fit together. How does 
you have like a basic thing like gravity. And then we just like throw it out the window. Now we don't have gravity. It's, now everything is the way that it should be. It's not that they knew any part of it was wrong, but that it wouldn't all come together to make a universe. And it's because of this consciousness. And so it got exiled by the universe, which yeah. couldn't exist because nothing could fit together that right. Was, that was one of the things I didn't understand at all. It would be like the if entire water. fabric of the universe was jacked up, but it was able to exile the solar track. Yeah, like water exiles a bird so that gravity will be gone. So that wetness will work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, what? And, and somehow all of this is known perfectly. It took yeah. place before the universe could <laughs> exist. And we have a story. Yeah, we have a story. It perfectly outlines what happened. How? How? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I agree. It's just a thing outside the universe. It's the problem that I had with the Infinity Stones. Where it was like, before the beginning of everything, there were the things, and 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 then boom, and there were the elemental crystals. And I'm like, how do you know? Who told you this story? How do you know this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I just know. And so then there's just this thing sitting outside the universe. And it's like going to try and touch our universe and a bubble cave appears and you walk through it and you can get into the other parallel mirror solid track universe. So that's it. You bring up an interesting point because I did not like the whole anti-zone thing. And and I think Jared's going to, going to throw some light on, on this idea, but the doctor explains it as essentially it's like a barrier. Huh? Like a barrier. Yeah. It's a barrier to, to, to keep out extreme danger. And I'm like, from what? Like outside the universe? This again implies that our universe is conscious. Like it knows an extreme danger. That's the thing. It's like, she said it in such a way that it was definitely caused by some sort of agent, not, like it, she didn't say it's like a scab on the universe that just grows out of the fundamental elements of the universe. She was like, it's something that the universe makes to keep out extreme danger. Yeah. And like what? So it's a it's a security alarm. It's a it's a it's a fence. It's a deadbolt for a door to the universe, essentially. Like yeah. And and I still don't understand what exactly is it doing to keep the universe safe. Other than what the moths like, is that the is that is that how it prevents the danger from getting in? Because they sucked mm-hmm. at their job. Yeah, <clears throat> they let like so many people through <laughs> all the time. I, and then yeah, there was that one guy that was that like, was living there. Yeah, living there. Like what? That was apparently born there. He's like always been here. And sells seen. info to the moths. Yeah, why are who why else? Literally nobody else was there. Yeah. Yeah, he. It's funny they built this this whole backstory and lore of like in the in the anti zone, the most valuable thing is information. But he's yeah. the only one who knows any of it. He's the only one. <laughs> period. Sharing Full all stop. the information yeah. with himself. Yeah, he's guess. there alone. Apparently, like, or or are we to believe that there are more caves that we didn't see? And I don't know. I also love like back to what I was talking about with like how much just, you hate this episode. Yeah, yes. where it's like monster to anti-zone to new universe. It's like 
it's not even like these things are happening separately. We'll learn the monster doesn't exist, but we still follow people in the regular world for like several minutes after that point. And we are watching people yeah. travel through the anti-zone for the entire episode when it is not important. <laughs> it's not, not important. Ryan never made it through the anti-zone all the way. Oh, yeah. He was in there for the whole episode. Oh, he never made it into the mirror uh, no, universe. Never thing. even got over there. It's oh, like, wow. We already know, like, this is not even what's important right now. Why are we still following yeah. the people who are in here? That's so poorly written. It's so that we could have this second, I mean, the moment where whoever, I don't remember her name. Graham and Grace. Yeah, Graham and Grace, and they're talking about Ryan. That, that's the only reason yeah. he got left behind. That's true, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. And then, obviously, at the very end, with the frog sitting in <laughs> white heaven with a freaking stool. It's just, she's like... I told Corbin, I was like, would it have been better if it had been hovering? instead? Of it would have been better if it didn't exist. Like <laughs> It would have been better if it was like a glowing light ball that just like right, flashes. Right. Okay. We talked about at dinner. I hated the the fact that they decided to make Grace's love of frogs a thing now. Like why why was why didn't we see Graham's frog necklace before now? Why didn't we get a a flashback scene where Ryan gave her a frog a stuffed frog for Christmas one year or yeah. you know or something? Like I, I hated that they they threw in this this tiny insignificant little thing, which by the way, by the way, it was kind of insignificant because Graham's like, tell me everything about this. And Grace is ever is able to rattle it off. That's fine. Right. Introduce mm -hmm. a bit of previously unknown information because who cares where the necklace came from and that Ryan got one to, uh, for, for Grace at you know, the same time or whatever, who cares? This is just identity verification except that you are then going to literally make it the most important yeah. thing in this universe mm -hmm. because the universe conscious universe has decided to take the form of that thing and says, because this form pleases me as it did grace. Oh, and I talk like grace. I just, <sighs> and my mouth doesn't move when I talk. Oh, I'm yeah. a terrible puppet. Yeah, the puppet was was. It's not very good. Not great. You know, the only thing worse would have been a live frog with a CGI <laughs> mouth. That would have been even worse. Because <laughs> oh you just know that would have been terrible. Um, as soon as she, as soon as the doctor said the soul attract, I went, "Oh, it's this one with the frog." And I was, and I remember mm -hmm. I I bit my tongue because I did not want to prejudice you guys. But I almost looked over at both of you and said, you're not going to like where this goes. Like, I, I knew, I knew you were not going to be happy when that, when the camera turned around and pointed that stupid frog, you guys are going to be so angry. Even she was like, the unconscious. Is that universe. a frog? Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even like the doctor was like, acting. what's happening right now? I don't, why is there a frog? Yeah. And, it made the moment where she said the thing the doctor should absolutely have said in that moment. What does the doctor say whenever she encounters, whenever they encounter something different, usually hideous and horrifying and terrifying? Oh, look at you, you beauty. You know, all this kind of stuff. So she, she says, like, you are the most beautiful, 
amazing, wondrous thing I have ever encountered. Yeah, a conscious universe that wants to be your friend, that's kind of like the epitome of what the doctor would want to hang out yeah. and do for a few millennia. But to make her say that to, to a, a bad frog. puppet frog made me feel bad for Whitaker. Yeah. You know, like for her to have to deliver that line and not snicker, yeah. not laugh and fall. She probably wasn't say, actually looking sorry, at a frog. I can't do it. <sighs> you know, they put a normal person there because she could not get through. I almost wonder if she knew at all what was going on. What she in was front talking to. Well, no, that's the thing. It was a puppet. So you, I can guarantee you when they were filming, she was talking to that puppet. Because there's no reason to not have the puppet in the shot. So I guarantee you that's exactly what was going on. So it just, oh my gosh. I, I could not do what actors do. Like, like the ability to, you know, do something like that and not just quit because it's so stupid. It's... I applaud you. One, one of my favorite examples of that is I, I remember watching an interview with um, is it Ashley? Ol- no, something Olson, the the uh, the Scarlet Witch, um, Wanda. Um, her last name is Olson. Her, yeah, she's the sister of the Olson twins. Um, she was being interviewed this one time, and she talked about how whenever she's doing all the the stuff with her hands, we're seeing the final product. Yeah, right? she had We're to seeing like, all do the that. lightning and the wind and the enemies flying around. When she's doing that, not only does she not see that in the first movie that she appeared in, she had never seen it. Yeah. She had to imagine in her head what the post-production team was going to be doing with her yeah. hand movements. She had to just picture it and imagine and make it up and then be like pew pew. Now, every subsequent movie after that, she can be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be red lightning and it's going to look like this. And, that, you know, it, it really worked when I did this. But can you imagine the first time you do that? It feels stupid. You're just like, sitting there like. Doing right now? Or like Your Robert Downey Jr. Like having to just like wearing a plastic glove, point it, point his palm and go. Bleh, and, and, and imagine a beam of, of light and yeah. energy coming out of that or shooting out of his chest or whatever, like. I, I don't know how sometimes I do not know how yeah. the actors do it. You're absolutely right. So we have news of the Hoobian is actually brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared and James. If you find value in what we do like they do, here's what you do. Go to noobs slash support. Find your favorite way to support us. And now I'm going to get out of here real quick. So the people that had to skip over the ad have to backtrack. Noobs in the slash support. That brings us down to our classic who connections. Let's hear what Jared has to say today. Why don't you? Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for It Takes You Away. Quite possibly one of my favorite titles of any Doctor Who episode ever. Uh, Alright, I said Classic Who Connections. I've done this before. I will correct that with Classic Who Connection. All I found was the reverse the polarity reference, which is actually one of my favorite uh, Classic Who references uh, because that's such a I don't know, 1960s sci-fi, 1970s sci-fi reference. Uh, you know, Doctor Who wasn't the only one to do it, obviously. But um, so I just love uh, love those references. And I love the way they handled it where it, it was the companion. I think it was Yaz who made the suggestion and the doctor said, now you're, now you're speaking my language or we speak the same language, something like that. But I thought that was a great little moment. So 
Um, and, and we've talked about this before, but that's that really started with the third doctor. A couple of other doctors, maybe fourth, sixth, something like that, said it once maybe, but the third doctor said it multiple times. Uh, so it's really a third doctor thing. Uh, first done in the demons, if I uh, if my notes are correct. So uh, that's it. That's the only uh, classic Who connection I've got. But if you're gonna make one, that's an excellent one. So nice job, Chibs. Uh, and I really enjoyed this one. I I I didn't know where it was going. I enjoyed uh, the storyline. I enjoyed the the actors. I thought it was. Um, I wouldn't call it obviously a Doctor Light episode, but I thought the um, the the cast really all had even the you know the new characters for the uh, story. I thought they all had a, a really solid part to play, and it left me guessing, creeped me out. It just I I I enjoyed it. That that that's you know I I enjoyed all parts of it. So not t- quite a ten, but nine point five out of ten. Not quite a perfect episode, but still very very close. Nine point five out of ten. Conscious aspects of existence that prefer the form of a frog. So there you go. And for creep levels, not quite as creepy as last week, but still thought it was uh, the the uh, um, you know in between zone. Shoot, I'm forgetting the name of it. The, the, like the null zone, uh, whatever the name they had for it. Uh, I thought that was plenty creepy. Uh, uh, Flesh eating moths. Uh, big furry moths are creepy enough as they are uh, in and of themselves, but uh, flesh-eating ones are, you know, that's like, uh, that's otherworldly, obviously. Uh, so I uh, thought that was plenty creepy, um, and the way they, yeah, anyway, I won't get into it, but uh, what they did. And I thought the whole idea of it, especially this uh, being, you know, bringing loved ones back to life as copies to try and trap you and bring you in, it just, oh, uh, there's there's a creep level there too. Not obviously not the jump scare kind of creep level, but still plenty of creep levels for me. So 200 creep levels for the episode, and that's all I've got. So thank you to the Tardis Wikia. Well, I didn't really need the Tardis Wikia this time, but still thank you. I, I checked that there wasn't something I missed at least in the Tardis Wikia, and thank you to the Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more classic Who connections. Hopefully Chibnall gives us more next time. Uh, so Jared had a slightly different take on things. Right, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just oh, it's fine to be wrong occasionally. That's funny. I, you know, I didn't hate this episode as much as you guys did. I really didn't. I loved the episode. I hated the frog. Yeah. Hated the frog. I can't believe that's the only thing that gets to you. Like, very few things get to me the way they get to you lately. Yes. By lately, I mean the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I I did not uh, hate this episode. I I really, really, really hate the frog. Yeah, I'm with you. If it had been a glowing light, or orb, it would have been way or better. Cloud, or if it didn't like sound like grace, or if it had just been grace, or if it had been grace, if it had been grace, yeah, yeah. Um, like something. I know we would say that's cliche, but honestly, I think cliche is better than a frog. A dumb frog. It's just, it's a sentient universe. You don't give it a form. Well, I'm fine if you give it a form. If it, but again, making the form be this thing that you just decided to tell us was very sentimental to Grace. And look, she loves stupid. frogs. Yeah, I just... But but other than that, I I like 
the Scooby-Doo fake out that it was, you know, there wasn't a monster. It was oh, actually yeah. old man Carruthers uh, trying to scare, <laughs> trying to scare the, uh, the, the people out of the, the, uh, the old haunted fairgrounds so that he could buy it and build his mini mall or whatever the crap they used to do back in Scooby-Doo. Based on a real episode. <laughs> uh, not far Probably. off. Yeah. Um, I, I liked that, that twist. I, I don't like the dad, but you're not supposed to like him. Really. Well, but that's the thing. They like redeem him at the end. And I don't, they uh, no. do. I don't know. He was yeah. Cause like he's like, Oh, character. we're going to go back home and get some Wi-Fi." You know, like, no, that, that that was not redeeming. No, absolutely. That's what it was supposed to be. Like Hana is fine with him now. Everything's cool. Uh, you know, all that Didn't kind of work. stuff. And I, I just, yeah. Like calling child protective services. Like good grief. Yeah. I mean that, that, that I didn't feel like there was enough, uh, payoff of that. There was no like moment of him being in tears over his mm-hmm. decision to abandon his real daughter for a fake dead wife and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I wasn't crazy about that. I do like, um, oddly enough, I liked the interaction between Ryan and Hannah, even though I, 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 I shouldn't have. I didn't think I was going to like that, but I, it turned out great. Mm-hmm. When when they said, Ryan, stay here with Hannah, I was like, why? Like, he's obviously the least fit person. <laughs> and obviously it was a ham-fisted way of putting those two foils together so that they would, you know, learn from each other. You know, that, that kind of thing. That, all right, fine. Sort of. It would have made more sense if it was Ryan mm-hmm. and Yaz. That's, that stayed behind with her. Like that yeah. would have made more sense to me. But um, it's kind of like when Yaz got sent off alone to go get uh, yeah. Twilla. Well, no, Yaz couldn't have stayed Willa, though because she was busy twisted. doing nothing in the mirror world. So, uh, oh yeah, uh, pointing yeah. out how the room was flipped. Yeah, and telling her to reverse the polarity. Well, no, because, I mean, well, <laughs> she was there to be the question that led to all of the um, exposition. <laughs> Solitract? Just what What's a Solitract? You know, that that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but but overall, I, I did like the episode. I, I liked uh, the subtlety, again, of um, not... When they, when they reversed everything, it was kind of subtle at first. I liked that. Um, I liked, the, as I mentioned before, the things that they didn't put in our face and spell it out in big yeah. neon letters. Um, they, they trusted us with some, some stuff in this episode that they very often don't. So that was kind of cool. Um, the ending to me falls so incredibly flat. It's not the ending. It's really not the ending. It's just the frog. It's just the frog. It's just the frog. If they had portrayed the solo track in any other way, I would have had problems with it for sure. Like you said, Corbin, how do you get the, the origin story of a thing that got kicked out of the universe before the universe began? How do you, you know, whatever. And whatever that even means, um, you, I would have problems with that, but I'd be fine with it because we got this interesting idea of a thinking universe that wants you to be its friend, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I feel like the frog does so much damage though. I've got to give mm-hmm. it like 7.5, uh, out of 10 Scooby-Doo reveals. I just love, like, I almost feel like you hate the frog more than I do, but. I really fine with most that. of the rest of the episode. I think you nailed it on the head. Yeah, I mm-hmm. hate, I hate the, I hate the frog. The frog's so dumb. Hate, 
the frog. I mean, but the rest of it, I'm, I'm, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it's, it was a good episode. We didn't have yeah. to I see didn't love the it universe quite the way Jared did. Man, he was like, "This is amazing." I was like, "Okay, all right, cool." You can. <laughs> what did he say? Nine point five. He gave it nine point five. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna yuck his yum. I mean, he, you know, we, this may be the he most can like weird we frogs have. or something. Uh oh. Why? What are you about to give it? A five. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is dumb. I gin like like I've said episodes are bad before, but I just thought like. This one is dumb, mind-bogglingly idiotic. None of it connects together. Yeah. It's three separate stories, and none of them are good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, it's literally three separate dimensions, and all of them are crappy. Are you agreeing? Why'd you give a, a 7.5? No, he said there were three separate universes. I said, yes, that's that's all I was There literally about. were. There were three yeah. universes in this yeah. episode. And yeah. So what's your 5 like, out of 10 what? Shiny tubulars. Trip, did you give your score yet? No, oh, okay. I have not. Give, give uh, your score. Like I said, three different stories. None of them were good. <laughs> I don't know. The, <laughs> Ryan and Hannah, I don't know. That's a cool interaction to see mm-hmm. them like but it was a big switch like I, yeah. she was like i hate you at the very end they like hugged or whatever yeah. like what it, it really was like yeah. i hate you smash you with a door run off into the darkness and then he just like shows up and she's i did fine i did it. like the uh the way they resolved all that though she goes sorry i hit you with the door <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you didn't hit him with the door you knocked him unconscious with a door jam he still has a bruise on his uh, yeah forehead. oh yeah Exactly. That and and the woolly the woolly rebellion or whatever. I thought that, that was great. That Come was on. the only two good parts. Of oh, okay, okay. You okay. liked it. Corbin, that you was funny. That. You're like, I can't stand I the human trip. Love that. I hate that. It's just like <laughs> the woolly rebellion. She goes on one of these rants about no, I like love some those. previous, uh, like. Like you the know, milk wars, adventure, yeah, like milk the milk wars, wars or whatever. Wars, five is so obnoxious. You don't like that? I really genuinely I hate it. That. That's that. so oh funny. No. So I don't know. Six point five dumb frogs. It's <laughs> six point five out of ten. Dumb frogs. Dumb frogs. Uh, the creep level. Oh no, I, for, I didn't write it down. What did Jared give it? Um, two hundred. Um, I'm, I'm, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else go. Somebody else go. I don't know. There was like, oh, the moth ate the rat, and then there was like weird rat, and that was like all. So I don't know, like a hundred. Like it was just like, okay. There's this weird place, and something's up with those balloons. I don't know what was up with the balloons. Yeah, the light thing was weird. Yeah, Corbin. They they didn't really explain. Much of also that. Ryan knew we like the balloon was the... like a light though he like pulled well, he out gave and was off like light, you know, so I'm just gonna take this thing with me just like random balloon thank you okay. <laughs> that was random if they had spent five minutes explaining how ribbons came up with the light y'all would be fussing no. about it. so anyways just Ryan shouldn't have known oh, that I, so I you just... gave it uh, one hundred one hundred okay. yeah I don't even know why that part was there. I know what this part? isn't related to the creep factor, but like, oh boy, here we go. They just, they just kind of like drop this in. It's like, oh, I'm of ribbons of the seven bellies, and here's my light, and there's rats with six legs, and there's flesh-eating moths, and it's just whatever. Could have saved part fifteen of minutes for a better resolution if we didn't have the in between. 
I think so, yeah. I the in between was cool for like two minutes and then it wasn't it wasn't cool anymore. But we just kept coming back to it. Did it give us anything other than Ryan's trapped in there? No. Uh, and so really. therefore we know that's not the real thing. It also kind of gave us the resolution between him and Hannah, but they could have done that another way. Yeah, number of they could have done that any other way. Yeah. I, I will agree with you. I I don't understand the anti zone thing. No. Oh, by the way, Jared, um, I I said Jared is probably going to give us some information about the anti zone. No. That was not really classic. Who it was the Eighth Doctor, and it was an audio adventure, and it was called oh. the Enter Zone or something. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that's why Jared didn't mention it. <laughs> I looked it up because when he was like, I only have one, and then he didn't say the anti-zone. I was like, it's like what? Uh, so, yeah, I looked it up. Anyways, uh, so Corbin, what's your creep factor then? Uh, I don't know, like 50 maybe. Okay. I'm going to go 275 because the uh, the the growling, horrible monster that we never get to see, because it's not real, um, was, that was pretty, that was pretty creepy. It was pretty terrifying. Little, the, as you said, Corbin, the little creepy little girl thing. It takes oh, your way. It yeah, takes your that way. was. That was pretty creepy to me. Um, everything in the anti-zone to me was creepy, including I, ribbons. I am actually going to bump it up because I just remembered that moth climbing out of the dude's empty eye socket. Oh, that one was rough. That was awful. That one and was rough. It's like there for like half a second and they cut away and you're like, oh, what the Ooh. crap was that? You saw its furry little head sticking through the eye ah. socket. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say 75, but that was nasty. <laughs> this, this one had some definite creep in it, so... Uh, will they or won't they trip? You got one episode. Well, no, you got one episode left in this season, but. That's basically as far as my theory goes. Mine is, yes, they will by the end of the season or she'll die. Right. That's okay. like my whole thing. Because right. she's too perfect of a companion. She's yeah, she has to. So that's your, that's your two theories right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Corbin, what about you? Will they or won't they and who makes it out of the season? Uh, um, uh, um. Uh, yeah, okay. I think it's yes. going to be next season if they ever get together. Okay. And I think everyone leaves. I'm not like Trip wishing for Yaz to I'm die. I'm not <laughs> wishing for Yaz to die. I'm saying it's it's got to happen. It's got to happen. <laughs> well, guys, believe it or not, next week we're covering the season 11 finale, The Battle of Ranskorov Kolos. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this, this one is, uh, this one's pretty interesting. Um, obviously we're going to, you know, a planet with a really weird name. And, uh, and then we've got, um, our first ever, uh, who year special, uh, instead of a Christmas special, this was the first year they didn't do a Christmas special. They did a new year special called resolution. Uh, Uh, so we've got, um, we've got that coming up and then we will kick off with a two parter, Season opener after that, Spyfall Part One and Two, and uh, this has got one of my one of my favorite guest star appearances, uh, probably ever in New Who. This this is one of my favorites. I was, I was okay, so then. tickled. I, I loved it when uh, um, oh crap, now I can't think of his name. Uh, the guy that got killed in Kerblam. Uh, he was the worker guy that was on the poster and and everything. Uh, yeah, and I said he was from the he was from the. The quiz show thing, what I lied oh. to you. Yeah. Um, that, that I knew was coming. I saw that ahead of time. I don't think I knew about this one that I'm mentioning from Spyfall. I don't think I knew this was coming. So when he, when he appeared on screen, I was like, Woo! <laughs> so, oh, I gave away it's a he. So, anyways, um, we still don't know, guys. We, we still have 
no clue when uh, the next season is uh, starting. So we're just uh, moving on along. But we might have something special at the New Year's special. Ooh, special at the special. You never know. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to tune in to find out. Because Noobs in the Hoobian is a production of Mass Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is Thing One. I'm Trip. And your production editor is Exposition. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his Classic Who connections. And shout-outs to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us over at NoobsInTheHoobian.com where you can find links to our social media, our email, a big old subscribe button. And wherever you're, you, uh, after you click that subscribe button, by the way, it'll show you all the different places that were listed, uh, all of the different outlets, and whichever one you choose, make sure that you you like us if you can, because Spotify sucks. Leave us a review if you can, because Spotify sucks. All right, subscribe <laughs> to us, which I think you can do on Spotify, but I don't care because they suck. <laughs> but we're still there. We're still on Spotify. I We got one listen. We got one on download Spotify. on Spotify a couple months ago. So I, I don't know. If so, been, so keep it up, guys. I don't know if there's been more since then, but there was definitely a Spotify list, and I was like, oh! Amazing. Um, wherever you find us, guys, subscribe. make sure that you uh, like us, subscribe, leave us a rating, share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. Amazing as these bloopers that are coming what? at you. Uh, just oh, yeah. Second. You ready? You ready? I don't think you're ready. Are you ready, though? You're going to hear things <laughs> that you never have heard before. <laughs> what? <laughs>